The broadcast you're about to hear was made possible because somewhere a radio friend made the choice to give. You too can become a radio friend to someone in need of an encouraging word right now. Just visit walkwiththeking.org and click the donate button. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, my dear radio friend. How in the world are you? Aren't you glad you can be in the world but not of it? That's the background of that little corny greeting, as many of you know. You can be in the world, but you don't have to be tarred with the world's brush. God can keep you. You who are kept, Simon Peter says, you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last day. God is in the business of keeping you as you go on through this life, keeping you ready to meet him over there. We're looking at 1 Peter chapter 2. We were just talking about verse 16. You're free, but don't use that freedom as a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Christian freedom is a reality. Free from the law, O blessed condition. We sing, all of the Mosaic law has been fulfilled in Christ. And now God's offer of salvation is not do this and live, but believe and live. What shall I do? The the Philippian jailer cried out. What shall I do to be saved? The answer came back. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So it's commitment to Christ that saves now, rather than any attempt to keep God's law in order to be saved. Incidentally, Paul points out in Romans chapter 8, that although we're free from the law in terms of having to keep it in order to be saved, what turns out is that when God changes my heart, I keep his will because I'm saved, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, Paul says, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. God gives me a new heart so that I delight to do his new commands. Well, Let's go on into verse 17 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Says he, honor all men. Honor. That Greek word for honor is the verb timao, which literally means make heavy, but is uh, translated honor in uh, common usage. It's used a number of times in the New Testament. Uh, let me count them, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 times in the New Testament it's used, mostly in connection with the Lord Jesus. Uh, he, uh, he said, On, these people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He said that twice, uh, once in, as recorded in Matthew and once in Mark. And our Lord Jesus quoted the commandment, honor thy father and mother. Uh, that's, that's quoted uh, in the Gospels. And then he said that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. And so on. So that uh, our Savior spoke of himself in terms of this concept 
of being honored. Then Paul quoted the, 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 the commandment, honor thy father and mother, as found in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 2. Uh, he said to Timothy, honor widows that are widows indeed. And Peter then comes out and says, honor all men. What do you make of this? Well, first of all, this whole matter of, of honor in the sense that is used here leads me immediately to face the fact that I must, as I look at another human being, consider him or her worthy of uh, not only of being accepted, but of being valued. See, timao means to make heavy. What does it mean? Significant, consider, worthy of consideration, worthy of being valued. Now he says, honor all people. All, use word, the men here is in italics. It's in the generic sense of men and women, all people. Now, how do I go about that? Well, first of all, notice other people. You'd be surprised how many people go through life, their eyes averted, their thoughts on themselves and their own concerns, and they never really notice other folk. Have you observed that? Perhaps you and I have been guilty of it different times. But I have a, a, a personal uh, crusade that I've carried on for many years. When I'm in charge anywhere, I look at people, smile at them, call them by name wherever possible. If I can't call their name, I tell them so and learn it. Look at them, smile at them, call them by name, inquire about how they are, look at what they're doing. If they're doing something well, commend them. If you're going to honor people, you have to notice them. And second, you have to give some evidence that you care about them. I learned this from Dr. Clyde Naramore years ago. I, I took this concept uh, as my own one day as he was speaking in a group where I was in attendance. He said it's the second question that proves whether or not you really care. And he used this illustration. You're walking down the hall, and and you see someone say, Hello, Susie, how are you? And she says, Oh, not so good. And you say, Oh, I'm sorry. And you go on. Now, does that prove you were sorry that you cared? No. But if you turn on your heel and say, Oh, I'm sorry, what seems to be the trouble? Then she can tell you that her mother fell down the cellar stairs and broke her hip and she's in the hospital and has pneumonia. She's afraid that her mom is going to die and her heart is so heavy and so on. And you can have a word of prayer with her and maybe even go see her mom in the hospital. You prove that you cared about it. Notice people and prove that you care about them. And then I think there's another thing that's involved in honoring people, and I had to learn this thing the hard way years and years ago. I was working in a certain connection with a person that uh, I figured really needed the limelight. I sensed that. And so whenever there was opportunity, I would mention him in complimentary fashion, and uh, refer to him in uh, in advertising and all the rest. 
And still, there seemed to be a little gravel in the situation, so far as he was concerned. I was aware that I wasn't really getting through to him or that he wasn't truly satisfied with the situation. Have you ever been in a setup like that where you're working with somebody that, and you knew that things just didn't feel right? <laughs> Dear. Well, you know me, I'm pretty direct. And uh, so one day I sat down with him and I said, now tell me, my brother. I said, I've, I've been trying somehow to, to make sure that, that you got proper recognition for what you're doing and that people were aware of the immense value that you have to this ministry. And yet it does seem as though things aren't just right. What seems to be the problem? And he looked me right in the eye and he said, Listen, it's not what you say about me in the meeting that counts. It's whether or not I have a share in making the plans that count. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you see the difference? People want a piece of the action. Now, that doesn't mean if you're uh, in a supervisory position that you're going to just let people dictate what's to happen. The world isn't, isn't set up that way, nor our corporations, nor indeed our most ministries. But they want to share. They want what my good friend Sam Barkett used to call ownership of the idea. They want a, a share in the idea and in the plan before it happens. If you just announce a plan and say, now this is the plan and we want you all to, to cooperate in it, people will drag their feet, won't they? Because why? They weren't in on the planning of it. They didn't have a share in it. It wasn't theirs. It was somebody else's. Well, business has learned that now. They call it cooperative management. That's the highbrow term that they've put on it. Uh, or participatory management, somebody else has called it. Well, whatever you want to call it, just remember, if you're going to honor a person, give him a chance to be heard before the plans get set in concrete. Use the magic phrase, what is your opinion? Huh? What is your opinion? Four little words are very important. Use that magic phrase. Ask people what they think before you set things in concrete. Now, that doesn't mean if you're working in a position where you have a supervisor that you're going to demand to make the decisions. Some management decisions inevitably are going to be made with which you may not agree. And in that case, when they're made, you cooperate because the Bible says you and I are to cooperate with our employers, rendering good service not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of God. But by the same token, if you're going to have a share in what's going on, always come with, with more than one suggestion. Let me share with you my theory of management. I stole it. Well, I didn't steal it. It was offered to me by my good friend John Norton, who uh, for many years was with IBM, and he gave me a copy of what Tom Watson sent to his people, defining good management. I'll just summarize it because it was a page long and I don't have it here to read to you, nor do we have the time. He said, don't come with questions, come with answers. Don't come with one answer, come with alternate 
answers. Come with alternate answers costed out. How much will it cost to do this? And finally, come with one of those alternate answers on which you are willing to risk your job. I adopted that many years ago in, in working with the dear ones at the college, and it worked very well. And uh, I'm doing so now in other relationships. So this matter of honoring people, if you're in supervision, notice people, prove that you're interested and that you care by what you do, give them a chance to be folk of value by listening to their suggestions. Give them a share in planning before things happen, not simply announcing that this is what they have to do and hoping that they will comply. All right? Now, if you really want to honor a person, I think the bottom line ends up pray for them daily and earnestly. Because if you're praying daily and earnestly for anybody, it's going to show up in your attitude, it's going to show up in your conduct, it's going to show up in what you say, and they'll know it, and they'll thank you for it. It's good stuff, isn't it? <laughs> well, God bless you. See if we can apply it today, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, today, oh, may we be people who honor other folk for Jesus' sake. Amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.